I'm Cody Crabb. I'm Johnny Flores. And we are the hosts of the Podcast Producer Survival Handbook. The Podcast Producer Survival Handbook is here to help podcast producers, editors, and audio engineers succeed while freelancing. Hello, everybody. It's been a while for, for us. us on our side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not for you. <laughs> for you, it's, it hasn't been any time at all. But yeah. uh, it's been so long that you might be able to tell I've moved. If you're a loyal listener, my background has changed because I live in a different place now. So, yep. yeah, it's been a crazy few weeks. So I'm glad we were able to finally get together and, and chat again. And you've been to podcast movement. I wasn't able to go this time. But how did that go for you? Well, before we get into that. Oh, yeah. We should let listeners know right off right off the top, this is the last episode of the season. So it might go a little longer because we've got a couple things to cover. We're also going to talk about dropping bad clients. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, podcast movement was great. Cody was supposed to go, and then he ended up moving, and then he couldn't go because he had so much stuff to do. You had a lot of stuff crammed into a couple of weeks there. Yeah. Yep. I had a family wedding in there in there too. And then just this week, my computer crapped out and had to ended up having to take that to Apple and get that fixed. It, it was a mess. This yeah. whole month has been a mess. So glad, glad we're, we're back to normal now somewhat, I guess we'll, we'll see, but just um, in time to stick the landing on the last episode. <laughs> yeah. It feels good. Yeah. We did two meetups under the banner of the podcast producer survival handbook for folks that are freelancing or new to it or kind of had plateaued basically everything that we're doing in this podcast series. And while I was there, I met a couple of different people. I just want to say thank you real quick to, and I'm not get, I, I apologize because I'm not getting everybody that was at these events. I tried to jot down names as best I could, but Alexis Archuleta and Kavanaugh, Leah Drew, Steve Stewart, who is a friend of the podcast. And Steve. he arranged his own meetup. That was great for editors and uh, freelancers that I went to Jason Sheely, Elisa Dreyer or Dyer, Quinn Greenhouse, who uh, Cody and I have met in the past. She did a great talk on AI and like the mm. ethics of AI. Oh, dang. Uh, I, I think honestly, a client of hers. maybe we should even have her on about talk to talk about AI a little bit because I yeah. want to cover that. Yeah, That'd it was she, it was a great talk. I, I went and saw also Austin Lee and Jessica Stinson, who are from Alabama, uh, go uh, Roll Tide. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for meeting up and connecting. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I wish I could have been there. I know, probably. man, you were missed. Probably this will probably be my last podcast movement for a while, except for evolutions. Well, yeah, yeah because in 2025, it's in DC. DC and it's, and I'm that is flying. so far away. <laughs> I'm not yeah. flying across the country. Yeah. And the hotels <laughs> are expensive too. So on top of that massive flight, you've got the super yeah. pricey hotels. Yeah. So yeah. And they and they I, they got me again. I thought I had paid for half the room up front. I don't. And I always think, oh, I paid for half of it. It's not going to cost me as much. I don't realize they just they're just holding that, and they don't <laughs> charge you the full room price till you get out. So a couple of days go by, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm only going to have like another four hundred dollars, whatever. And then I check my banking. I'm like, holy crap! Almost seven hundred dollars was not budgeting for that. I, I'm picturing you with like the cartoon wolf. <laughs> eyes like cartoon yeah. wolf seeing a pretty lady eyes like the yeah only <laughs> panic at like my sure. budget just got blown for the month so <sighs> well and that's exactly why we recommend uh 
you know, go into the stuff that makes sense to you. If you live in Florida, maybe don't fly all over the country and go to these podcast movements, go to Podfest. Or if you live in a place where it's too far away, maybe don't go to those. So yeah. If you're in California, sense. just hit up Evolutions. It's in Vegas or yep. LA every year. That's what I'm hopefully going to be doing. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, let's dive into getting rid of a bad client. Like, how do you manage that? What Ooh. are the signs? This kind of goes with our last episode with Kiff Staley, who is a, an attorney in her contracts, which if you missed that episode, definitely check it out. Tons of good advice. I learned on, a lot in there. Yeah. Like yeah. just shooting an email could be your contract. What have your experiences been with that? Well, Cody? to tell you the truth, I mean, I am probably the anomaly here. If you talk to freelancers, you'll typically get people that are like, there's always like a really bad horror story and that's why they end up getting like an ironclad contract and stuff because they're like i couldn't get paid they wouldn't pay what we agreed upon they asked for millions of revisions yeah i mean i've had like clients that are pickier than others but far and away like for the most part i have had like no bad experiences like that i've never had uh like trouble getting paid the only thing that's really happened to me in that vein is like like a client ghosting me like after they paid and everything and they just mm. didn't talk to me again, which, you know, that'll happen for some people are just too shy to tell you, like, I don't want to work with you anymore. I don't want to have a podcast anymore. They just don't want to say it. And so I've, the, the only thing when you say bad experiences with the clients, like an only, one only really comes to mind. And what happened was they didn't really make their expectations clear to me uh, up front. So they were wanting a little bit more kind of editorial help. So they wanted to like, have me create segments for them and things like that. I think they were just mm. expecting it to sound like a radio show kind of. And they didn't tell me that. I just edited it like a podcast. Just like straight, I added them, yeah. Yeah, because I added their music how they wanted and whatever else. And then they hired some other guy like while I was still like so I had access to all their stuff and I just watched an episode go live and I was like, okay. <laughs> this is not <laughs> I don't remember cutting it this way, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, well and and it was it wasn't one that I had edited and so I knew that right then I was like, and uh, there's no way they know how to do this. And so I was like, they yeah, they had some <laughs> other guy. And then they they just kind of ghosted me after that. But that was the only time where I I've hit like a oh, this is awkward kind of situation. But even then, I mean, I still got paid for the time I spent and they just were they were confused like they, i tried to make things clear of like i can do this it's just we have to establish what that means and stuff yeah, and we need to communicate better on what you're what yeah. you want on your yeah, side yeah. of it and so i ironically like as through all the time that i've been doing this my bad experiences are more just kind of like a little silly or just kind of obnoxious but not like bad like i've never had trouble i've literally in the entire time i've done this never had trouble getting paid that so blows you- my mind you kind of bring up an interesting point of and, I, and I'll eventually get to my example of a bad client that I had to deal with pretty early on. Actually, my very first client ever real true client. But some of it is client issues and some of it is the contractor freelancer not guiding the client to mm. what they want mm. and sort yeah. of creating a map of like here's okay yeah a lot of discovery a lot of talking let me hear your ideas and then yeah and then doing some revision editing handing it off and then having them give some feedback on here's how i want it to go i think some of it can sometimes fall in the freelancers lap on why the client is turning into a bad client and sometimes it's just the client is a bad client 
See, that's actually a really good point because that didn't ever really occur to me until I got a little more experience and went, hey, all of my clients are good now. Like what happened? Like I, I've never, when I say good, I mean like I've never had any communication issues or anything. It's just, it's super easy. And I, if it occurred to me at some point, like, oh, it's cause I'm better. It's not cause they're better. It's cause I know I, how to interpret what they're saying. I can anticipate issues before they happen. Cause I've been doing this for a while. So I think it's just me. It's my skill. You're it's, a better manager. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, before we go any further here, I'd love to get your opinion on when someone says a bad client, like maybe we can make like a typical, like, and maybe not even a bad client, just like, what are some maybe client red flags that you see early on, or maybe things that are not super early on, like start stuff that you start to see that's like, Ooh, okay. This is maybe turning sour a little bit. And when I say bad client, I guess what I mean is someone that you ideally wouldn't want to work with. And it could be for lots of different reasons. But yeah. what, so what are some of your red flags? I, I think you could interchange that with toxic, a toxic client. So right away, if they're not communicating in a timely manner is a pretty good sign. Like, oh, this is going to be problematic. If you send them a contract or outline the agreement and then they keep redacting it and trying to make changes and getting stuff in there that maybe you know – they don't need or they're trying to push for more mm-hmm. that's going to that they don't want to pay extra for or they don't even want to sign a contract those are signs of like mm, i think this is going to be an issue if they balk at stuff that's pretty common in contracts like no 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 no, no we're mm-hmm. not going to do this i'd be like well you know i'm probably not the right producer for you or and that's one of the reasons we do these things because it's almost like a screening process yeah for, for people sure. that i usually know by the end of a call if someone is going to be like awesome to work with already, like I, I, I can already tell usually I can give you a great example of someone where I was like, Nope, this isn't going to work. So <laughs> this uh, isn't the example you had though. No, no, this no. Is no. Like this, a, is, this is like a, like a consultation. Th- this call. is me knowing this was going to be a bad situation. So I avoided it. Nope. Right out. Yeah. Okay. I was all nope. <laughs> They're out of business now. It was this big, big giant building and they would make things for conferences like giant displays of like giant bowling balls or giant bowling pins or big tropical stage sets stuff like that so they had contacted me about coming out and doing a podcast for for them as part of their marketing plan and when i walked through and looked at everything i was like a podcast isn't going to serve you guys right it you need a video series. What you do is very visual. You make things, you make giant ice sculptures. It's kind of a, a playground in here. It's really cool. Look, cool looking what you do. And they were trying to get into like weddings and, uh, quinceaneras and bar and bat mitzvahs, stuff like that. They were trying to scale down and have more steady clients as opposed to just big giant things. They're like, well, would you oversee the video production stuff? And I was like, sure. Do you have a video producer? They said, yeah, it's the guy who runs our social media. He did not do a good job with that. I was like, well, let's talk about getting a real, I know several video producers that they can come in and shoot everything. It'll look fantastic. It'll look great. And she's like, well, that sounds like it's going to cost a lot. And I was like, well, it, is. <laughs> it will. Like you're going to pay what yeah. you pay for is what you will get. There was a husband and wife owner duo. And the wife was very insistent on like, we got to use this guy. He's really cheap. And I was like, okay, so. During our meetings, I, I met with him to talk about stuff. And he all he ever wanted to talk about was like how he was going to be a famous 
movie director someday. <laughs> he was a young guy. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm not here to, that's great. I'm not here to, I'm here to work on this project. I'm not <laughs> working, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we hadn't even started. I was like, I'm trying to put my proposal together and stuff. And he's like, Oh, what are you going to charge? And I'm like, Oh, for my stuff, probably about 10, $12,000. What? <laughs> I was like, well, what are you going to charge? He's like, I don't know, maybe like a thousand. And right away I was like, no, this isn't. So I went back to her to talk about, I'm like, really? I think we should have this other, like, let me get a couple proposals from other video makers yeah. in here that are going to do a really good job. And she's like, look, I just want you to know, we don't want to spend any money on this. Like we want to spend as little as money as possible. on this. And I was like, okay, I, that is a, that if I'll just flag that sentence right there. Yeah. If anybody says that sentence, get out that you do not want to work with someone like yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if you're trying to do a whole video series, you're, you're looking at several to tens of thousands of dollars to do that. She's like, okay, well, let me think about it. And I was like, all right, you think about it. I'll get back to you in a day or two. And as soon as I got home, I just wrote her and said, Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. You know, you've got an amazing venue. You got an amazing set. And um, let's be real, she wasn't gonna. She. I, let me think about it. Usually yeah. means like later. So like, I got <laughs> out of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a really good example too, because there are some red flags there, but it's not necessarily like they're terrible to work with. Like they maybe are just not a good fit. I mean, if they had just had people go through, there's a million ways they could have done that well, for lower costs or whatever. Like, the, I don't know, open it up to tours and have people do video for yeah. them, basically. Like have a well, tag the, us and the stuff. thing that I knew was, as we say, I was going to do it for $4,000. The scope creep was going to reach... Yeah, that's true. Fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. I I could tell right away that they were gonna say this much, but ask for this much. You know, so yeah. No, you're right, and and that's that's the thing too. I think, and I'm doing it. I'm I'm literally like defending it. Like, oh well, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. (laughs) I'm literally like, and you can tell this is a weakness of mine. Yeah. So if there is a client that I come across that has these issues, sometimes. Maybe I'd be like, well, you know. Well, and this is where we start to get into the other side of what we are talking about is like they're not necessarily toxic clients or bad, but this is the part where you need to train your client, for lack of a better term. Right. No, that's true. Scope creep. Like scope creep creates a toxic client. And that's on. Whether, and sometimes they don't even realize. Yeah, they it? don't. And I don't yeah. think it's intentional. I, I will give the benefit of the doubt that it's not intentional most of the time yeah i would agree with that yeah and i think i think a lot of clients just don't really think about it like they're just like hey can we add this on here too and if you're not saying something right then like okay well yeah the new charge is this then yeah then i think they're gonna just be like let's just roll it in like whatever it's no big deal and And, sometimes they don't realize how long it takes sometimes they think it's just no big deal like sometimes it really is no big deal but like oh can you just like throw this in my show notes real fast and like it's yeah sure but you know it's once when they do that 50 times that starts to get into some real time you have to spend. So yeah. scope creep is a big, that's a massive red flag. Like as soon as it starts to happen, you gotta, you gotta chop that off. Yeah. We've you gotta nip it right in the bud. Yep. <laughs> okay, and it's so, fine to do it. If you have a good relationship with a client and they ask for things once in a while and you just want to throw it in, I do that all the time. I'm like, yeah, same. sure. Don't worry about it. If I'm editing a podcast and I find a really, a particularly good quote or section or something like that, I'll make a quick audiogram. Like while I'm editing, just throw that in there and just be like, hey, this was a really good quote. So, but make I sure, just, yeah. I don't know if you do this, Cody, but if you do that, make sure you put it on your 
your itemized billing that you did it and say no charge. I always do that so that they see I did something for them for nothing. It's not just like, yeah, no, you're right. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. We've talked about that too. Like wait, things you can do for clients that are, that kind of show that you're going above and beyond and you're standing out. Yeah. Uh, Well, those are some red flags. I'd love to hear a couple quickly, some green flags like, Oh, this is a good sign. Oh, sure. One thing that I really appreciate is someone reads through the contract that I send over the proposal and then they have questions about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, could you explain this a little further? I'm like, sure. Great. You actually read the contract. So I know when this charge comes or this fee happens or whatever down the road, you're not going to be like, Hey, Johnny, what is going on here? Why did we get charged this? I would add on to that too. A client that can't wait to pay you. Like this is something I run into a lot. Like I never would have expected this to be a thing, but as I've gotten more into it, it really is people that are like, Oh, thank you so much here. Like, this is so great that I get to pay you. Like they, it's, they're not complaining. They're not whining about it. I, in my mind, it's like, Oh, that you're, you know, you're a burden to them because you're, but when I first started, I mean, I I was like, Oh, we're like a, you're like a burden. Like you're, you're making things more financially difficult, but it took me a while to realize what you're doing is saving them. And if these people that are grateful to you, like that praise and that like eagerness to compensate you for what you're doing is like that attitude is like a good sign that they're a good client is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a client who always is like, are you getting enough work? Is there anything else that you need us to do for you? I'm like, no, 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 we're fine. Like, you know, and then they just launched a Spanish version of their podcast that I don't speak Spanish coding. I joke about this off camera because he does speak fluent spanish and i don't <laughs> and um and they basically brought me on as an executive producer to oversee this other project and and they i'm like you know well i gotta charge you about 75 percent because of of what i normally charge you and they're like yeah that's totally fine go for it we just want the podcast to be good and we don't have to worry about it so we've built that that's a really good example of a relationship that once you build it you pretty much know whatever else is coming down the pipeline is going to be salt, like rock solid. So yeah. it's good as gold. Well, well, I'm going to talk about the bad client I had, my very first client and how, oh, nice. and some positive ways to get rid of them. <laughs> if you're, if you're yeah, stuck with the, the client, meat. this is the meat of the episode here. Yeah. So the very first client I ever had full time, I, you know, this is in 2018. I'd left my job a couple months before I was fully untethered out on the freelancing ocean in my little dinghy trying to make some headway into the waves. And I get this client. I was very lucky, but very quickly it turned toxic. Very Sorry, wait, quickly. Full time. Like this is a full time client. Yeah. This is my very first client. That's paying me. I'm paying my bills through gotcha. the okay. money they're giving me. I, I have no other income source. So right away, the host who this was kind of like a smaller company, she wanted to sit in on the editing with me. And I was like, sure. I should have said no. Uh, yeah, no already. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like, so we would record and then she would insist on sitting in on the editing. I was like, sure. No problem. I'm like, I could just send you the audio tracks, you know, or afterwards yeah. or something like that. You know, the typical way to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or now I would just send a transcript. I would try and just like, I'm just trying to do my job. And she would keep interrupting me like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why? And it started to kind of come to a head where I was like, look, I'm editing. If you want to sit here and watch, you can, but I'm not here to train you on how to edit. Yeah. No and kidding. Uh, <laughs> so me and her, like 
she started getting kind of snippy about it. And so finally, at one time, I had to like, you, you got to go. Like, I'm sorry. You got to go. I, I need to work alone. You're slowing me down. Whatever. So then after a year of this, I was like, I can't. A year? Can't. Yeah. I was like, I can't That's work a long time anymore. Yeah. I mean, they paid me on time for the most part. So that part was good. But their behavior was so yeah. toxic. And there was a lot of scope creep. And I... I just wasn't even aware. I was just doing all this extra work for nothing, basically. And uh, so finally, I I was like, I don't know what to do. I got to get rid of this client. And my mentor, who was just purely a business mentor, nothing about like podcasting or anything like that. I was talking to her and she's like, oh, you got to hit him with the a-hole tax. And I was like, what's the a-hole tax? And she's like, basically, you you give them such a high rate that they're going to drop you instead of you dropping them. And, you just and if do they it. don't, then if they don't, yeah, then you're making all this extra money to deal with yeah. them. And I was like, yeah, oh, exactly. okay. The a-hole tax. Perfect. It's a win-win. Yeah. So, yeah. So my girlfriend and I were about to go to Ireland with my family and I just send them a thing saying like, Hey, this is the price increases for the next year. This is how, this is my rates for every other client, which it actually was, much higher than any other client and they immediately said no they're like no 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 no. we we can't do this i was like oh thank you you know like i pre- i understand totally i appreciate it so left it on a good note although yeah. <laughs> here's here's where the toxicity really came through they asked two weeks go by after they officially we were done and i sent two different emails saying like hey if you need any files let me know otherwise i'll be deleting everything off my cloud server I delete everything two weeks later. The next day, the host is like, hey, we need those files. I was like, I deleted them. Like, I deleted them yesterday. I told you I was going to. And she's like, like, what? And then she emailed the owner of the company. And he immediately came back and was like, we're going to badmouth you all over town. You're a terrible freelancer. You're a terrible contractor to work with. And I was like, look, do whatever you need to do. If you look at your emails... I've tried to I tried to get you guys to respond and you didn't. Did so you hit him with that per my last email? Yeah, I said per my per <laughs> two or three emails that I sent you. And I said, do whatever you need to do. I have a great reputation in town. People love me. I will happily speak to anybody that thinks I did a bad job uh, about it and, and uh, best of luck. And then I wrote I signed it and then PS, had you kindly asked nicely. I would have told you where you could find these files online. Have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) So then he wrote back, I'm sorry. It was a miscommunication. Can you tell us where those files are? I was like, sure. (laughs) Man, that, that is like a masterclass in how to handle that. And I will just say with just a little bit of spicy pepper on top. Yeah. Just just a touch of F you. Excellent. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Because I think the lesson there is, you don't want to burn any bridges ever no. because obviously your reputation takes a hit. I mean, just be a good person and things will come back to you. You know, good things will happen to you yeah. if you're a good person. Sure. Always try to take the high road. But on top of that, I think you demonstrated very well. Don't let yourself be taken advantage of Yeah, being a good person and being kind and things. That doesn't mean that you need to just let people walk all over you and do whatever you can, they say. You, and stuff. Can you can still be a decent, honest, moral, good person and freelancer while not being a rug mat, you know, yeah. and that's, I, and it's a fine line sometimes it is. Cause yeah, I think 
no, because I, I, I think do. I do think it is. Well, the, what what I mean by that? Let me maybe I'll explain. What yeah, I mean yeah, please. That. What I mean by that is I think a lot of people view it as like a like a binary thing. Like either I'm, oh, uh, either I'm a pushover or I'm like hardcore and I never back down on anything. And when I say it's a fine line, I mean it's easy to go back and forth instead of finding this nice middle ground where you're like. So you stand firm and you make your expectations clear, but at the same time, you still are willing to be kind and, and like you did, go back with uh, a gracious attitude. And, and even if you're a little uh, little spicy at the end there, that's okay. <laughs> I, I actually think that's fine. In, in fact, the fact that you gave them the stuff after, yeah. that shows like you didn't, you were going through the whole time. Yeah. You just were like, yeah, we could find it online. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to say? Hey, yeah, he deleted his files and then he told us where they where we could get them <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know yeah. it's like yeah that's the only really and i'm lucky i got it out of the way right away you know the only time i've ever really had a bad client and the well and even then it could have been a lot worse the, the scope oh, creep sure. i think scope creep i think is the most common way that we as freelancers get hit especially if you do like a per episode type rate if you do like an hourly rate it's harder to it's harder for that to happen, but I'm not really all about hourly rates and stuff, but yeah. I would say scope creep. And then another big one is just like the, like we said, the other red flags, like the payment stuff and the communication stuff and stuff like that. So, and unfortunately, if you have someone who's late on payments, you really have to be persistent. Sometimes get into the area of being threatening of like, Hey, if you don't pay me by this date, I have the rates you're start accruing extra fees and then I have to take you to court if I don't well, receive and, payment by this date. Yeah. And I think the big thing to me is figuring out what you're going to say in advance of these issues happening. Yeah. Like you said, if there's a payment issue like this, a simple way to head this off is I won't do more episodes until I get paid for the previous ones. Like yeah. stuff like that is really easy. Sets a very clear line. It, you're not upset or being rude to them. You're just saying like, I need to make sure that we get these take this invoice taken care of before we do this thing. And so, yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's it's, lots of versions of that. I think for just about any issue, like you said, the a-hole tax, like it has a very easy way to just be firm and make your expectations clear, but still like, this is the line I'm drawing and we need to follow. It, yeah. So. And put the ball in their court. The a-hole tax is all about making it seem like they're letting you go instead of the other way around. Yeah. And if they want to pay you 50%, more than they <laughs> <Yeah>. would have. <laughs> and I feel like you will suddenly feel a little better about going yeah, to like, work yeah, for them. Today. Yeah. And then I just won't renew after this contract ends. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But, well, um, I, I think that's it. Is this anything else you want to talk about related to bad clients? Not really. I think the best way to not have a bad client is to just know what they look like in advance. Like I said, I think these red flags that we've been talking about, keep an eye out for these early on and just see like if they start happening, maybe don't call them out immediately. Every time, if you get one late invoice, it's probably not a big deal. Yeah. But if it's time to tell yeah, them. give people the benefit of the doubt, yeah. but if it starts happening two, three, five times, I mean, that starts to be an issue. It'd look for patterns. That's all we, that's all it is. Look for red flags and look for patterns of, things happening over and over and over. If if a client has a particularly difficult episode and they want a ton of revisions on it, but it's not a typical thing, maybe it's not a big deal. But if it's a thing that happens every single time, yeah, yeah maybe let's look at that. So, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, not to speak on both of our behalf, but like just thank you to everybody that's listened to the podcast. This has been yeah, yeah. 
really rewarding, I think, for both of us just to like help give mentorship, guidance. Freelancing is it's a beautiful thing and it's a terrible thing all at the same time. It can be so hard and it can be so wonderful. And in the Venn diagram on that overlaps almost 99%. (laughs) Well, it's funny because you go, what you say is all the good things about being a freelancer are all also all the bad things. Like nobody's in charge of your schedule. Nobody is in charge of your schedule. Like it depends on how you say I don't have a boss telling me what to do. Oh, I don't have a boss telling me what to do. (laughs) Exactly. If I don't want to work on a certain day, I don't have to. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. So that's this is a scary world that is completely limitless. I feel so cool that I don't know what my salary is going to be a year from now. I have no idea. I've I it could be double what it is. Or what opportunities will come your way? I've been headhunted three different times this year, and it didn't work out. But the fact that like in my area in Northern California, people are contacting me about like running productions for yeah. these like huge corporations, these big businesses. And I'm like, great. Like I'll, I'm happy to talk about it. I don't know if that's the path I want to go, but I'm happy to talk about it. And, uh, yeah. so yeah. Pivoting stuff. Like if you get bored of podcast production and you want to do something similar, but not exactly, I mean, what other profession can you just kind of decide you, you want to tweak it and yeah, just, yeah, it's so cool. So many skills as a freelancer that are highly coveted by organizations where they're yeah. like, Hey, you know what? This is more sort of marketing media management. Would you want to cover that for us? You know, and you might be like, well, what does that have to do? I'm like, let me go see the job description. And then you look at it, you're like, oh, holy crap. This is everything I'm doing. Yeah. And maybe I can figure that out. That I think that is the most exciting part of being a freelancer is just going, I don't let's see if I can do it. Let's figure it out. And that's, and you can just say yes to stuff that you maybe couldn't before. And it's just exciting. You said that in the, you know, in the episode, the last episode with Kiff about like freelancers are very DIY. Let me discover this and figure out how to do it on my own. And that's something I, I like getting to know more freelancers and like over through this podcast and just like in-person stuff that we've done, like at podcast movement. Like I love the community and it's great that the podcast has been able to help people out. Like that's the most rewarding thing I think for both of us is just Big time. being able to help other freelancers if it's a major leap or just tiny little incremental steps get to that next level of like, I feel good about what I'm doing. I feel safe. I feel secure. I've got good clients. Like that's the most rewarding part of doing this. It really is. And it means a lot. What, like what you're being able to pay the bills is more than just that. It's like you get to be under your terms and you get to support yourself how you want to, instead of just, doing whatever a boss tells you. Yeah. It's just, it's really liberating and cool. So I'm glad that we, if we have helped a single person improve their business or start their business, I'm just over the moon that we were able to do that. So, and I hope I can meet some of you. I sad that I couldn't this time, but I'm glad I hope we can uh, down the line. Yeah. We'll probably both be at podcast movement in March. That's in Los Angeles for for 2024. So, but yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. We we really appreciate your time. Good question. If someone is going, will there be more? Oh what yeah, would you good tell point. them. Yeah, we'll be back with a new season. I'm guessing maybe in the new year, somewhere around there. Because we started this, we talked about it, we talked about it, and talked about it, and then finally, I was just like, "Look, Cody, we just got to go." <laughs> 
Well, and it's just like between us, like it's really, it's not this massive production. We don't do a lot to promote it. I and mean, we do a little bit here and there, but yeah. we really just are like, let's get it out there and let's see if this is something people are wanting to, to see and hear. And we're not pretending that millions of people are watching this, but we just, uh, you know, I, I want, I want people to feel like they've got a hand. They've got someone yeah. to reach out to if they have questions and stuff. And that's always going to be us. Yep. Um, where can people follow you, Cody, if they want to do that? That's a great question, Johnny. Uh, you can go to my website at CodyCrab.com. Email me at CodyCrab8 at gmail.com. Or you can, uh, or hey, check out Descript. It's really cool. Descript.cc. We're actually recording this episode in the new Squadcast uh, Descript uh, partnership. Wow, that's so convenient. What a great <laughs> piece of software. <laughs> oh, man. And if you want to follow me, um, you can shoot me an email at johnny at floristpodcastproductions.com. My website, same thing, floristpodcastproductions.com. And if folks want to shoot us an email, have tips, suggestions, want to be guests on the next season of the podcast, uh, where can they do that, Cody? Great question, Johnny. Uh, that's at podcastsurvival at gmail.com. Cool. Or yeah. oh, well. check out, we have a website. How did I not mention this? Oh, yeah, time? that's right. It's pretty simple, but it'll have all of the links to current guests, current episodes, stuff we were excited about. Um, and that's podcastproducers.club. Dot club sandwich. Uh, my favorite sandwich of all. Uh, oh, yeah. And we're also doing some live stuff on LinkedIn during the off season. So make yeah. sure you. So if you want to check us out LinkedIn. in the meantime, that's, that's a good place to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on LinkedIn, make a connection, and we'll do some live stuff. We already did one. It was a lot of fun. So, well, that's it. We'll see you in a couple months. Cody, thank you for your time. This has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, India. Thank you, Aria. Thank all of you that are listening. We appreciate you. You know what? Thank my two big fat dogs behind me sleeping through the entire season. I will say that has helped me keep focused on multiple <laughs> occasions because I'm not missing a minute of that if I can help it. So, See everyone in season two. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.